Did you know you can support your local independent bookstore and me in my efforts to promote books that feature women in aviation by shopping for your next aviatrix read on the Literary Aviatrix website? I built the website to serve as a central source to search and find books featuring women in aviation, and it was important to me to offer you the opportunity to buy from independent sellers. If the book you're interested in is available on bookshop.org, you'll find a link to purchase through my affiliate account on my website, which means I'll receive a small portion of the sale to support the content you love. Blue skies and happy reading. Booker, Literary Aviatrix. Welcome to the Aviatrix Book Review, where I review and discuss books featuring women in aviation. Check out the Aviatrix Book Review website, where you'll find hundreds of books featuring all kinds of aviation in every genre for all ages. Book Review. I'm Liz Booker. My guest today is a helicopter pilot and flight safety international instructor. She's published several children's picture books and the middle grade novel Willow James and the Queen of UI's Crown. You can find her books on Amazon. Sarah Butte, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to meet another helicopter pilot and children's book author. That's so cool. And I can't wait to hear about your book. I thought we would start off with um, reading a passage. Do you have one you want to read? I do. This is from when the girls are introducing themselves to, to Willow when she meets them. My name is Lorelai, the oldest girl said. Not too much is special about me, she meekly smiled. Willow hoped she hadn't offended them by asking their gifts. Oh no, she thought. What if they didn't have one? She didn't mean to put them on the spot or make them feel bad. Just as her face was turning a deep shade of red, Tula blurted out, they're being so shy and ridiculously humble. Tito is freakishly fast and freakishly strong, and Lorelai has to be so careful what she thinks about, because whatever she imagines comes true. She's also a helicopter pilot and on a helicopter dance team called the Dancing Dragonflies. They do choreographed dances to ballet and hip hop with their aircraft. Their helicopters are blinged out with glitter to the max, so sparkly. And it's so fun to watch. She's amazing. There's 10 of them that dance their helicopters together and they never crash. They even do a night show with LED lights on their choppers. That's the hip hop one. It's incredible. That is so fun and so creative. When you told me you had dancing helicopters, I was like, oh, I have to read this book. That's so funny. So tell me about your flying background. Well, it started as a hobby in college. So um, 
And some of those things are funny. You'll see this probably throughout when we talk about my book later too, is that there's been a lot of times in my life that I do something and I think it's a new idea. And then later I find something from 10 or 20 years ago where I'm like, oh, this was always there. (laughs) You know, I just didn't know about it. So when I was in college, I thought that I had that new idea to go fly helicopters and I just wanted to do it one day. So I went and took a discovery flight and I absolutely fell in love. Um, My dad kind of thought that that was as good a thing as anything else for his college kid to be doing. (laughs) So he said he'd like meet me halfway. So I'd go bartender wait tables when I had half of the cost of a flight lesson. He'd pay the other half. And I just wanted to learn how to do it. I didn't realize I was getting my private. I didn't know that this would be my career. It was just a genuine, I just wanted to know that skill. Like I wanted to figure it out and learn how to do it. I remember when they told me it was time to solo and take my check ride. I was like, solo, what's a solo? I go by myself. Like I didn't, and the check ride, I was like, what's a check ride? That sounds fun. They're like, you just do everything, you know, that. Uh, we've been practicing. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it's so funny that I give check rides now and people get nervous. I kind of laugh about that first private one I took because I really was just trying to learn. Um, Way later, after I was a helicopter pilot, I um, found a journal when I was in like first grade and things I want to do before I'm 40, which is funny. I'm 40 now, but that's when you think you're going to be like, oh, you know, it's over. Um, Learn how to fly helicopters was written on there. So I know it was somewhere. It was somewhere uh, in me. But um, so I finished my private and then the next step was a lot. So I kind of just moved on, finished college had moved, did different jobs, but I always really miss flying. So um, I started applying for scholarships and I got one to a flight school where I could see like a really efficient way to finish. So um, I packed up every, I won a scholarship, packed up everything I owned and moved to um, Mississippi to where the flight school was. And um, that there's a lot of other interesting side stories with that. But ultimately, I finished flight school there. And then I went and flew helicopters offshore for like seven years. It was challenging. You know, it was always something that I could, I felt like there were lots of parts to overcome. You know, it's funny looking back on things too. A lot of people drop out of flight school at the 200 hour mark. Like they, they take out these big flight school loans and they get their private commercial instrument, CFI, CFII. And now it's time for them to teach. And it's just a big confidence jump. You know, you go from the student to now you're completely in charge and you're giving someone who's never flown before the controls, which is kind of one of those just fake it till you make it. (laughs) Or, you know, really what I learned is you just keep it in your comfort zone. And even if that's really small, they can still learn from you. And that expands as you do it more. But there's a there's a lot of places like that along the way too, you know, where it's just a big jump, where there's a lot of kind of, you know, find out what you're made of sort of uh, confidence things that that you have to do. The same thing going from an R22 to a 206 flying offshore to oil platforms. I mean, I think I had I was very low time when I got that job. I went as soon as I could get a job after flight school with the like lowest flight time allowed, I think. And my first flight was to a boat. So (laughs) I've never landed on a boat. So I'm already in this 206, like, okay, who gave me this big helicopter with a turbine engine? You know, I'm used to my little R22 with the tiny blades. And um, I see these big rotor blades in this big helicopter. And now I'm headed out to a ship to try to figure that out. And the heave is the maximum heave of the day. And I just remember flying out to like, okay, how am I going to do this? You know? with no training. You've probably done a bunch of boat landings. You flew for the Coast Guard, didn't you? 
Yeah, I spent a lot of time on the back of boats. Yeah, big and small. <laughs> Those were some of the most harrowing landings sometimes. But, you know, it's just like anything else in flying or anything else in life. Like the more you do it, the more proficient you are, the better you get at it. So I flew out of Miami for several years and deployed all over the Caribbean. And I was absolutely the most proficient I've ever been on ship landings during that time. And so what are you doing for Flight Safety International? I'm an instructor in the AW139. So I do like uh, 135 check airmen, TC stuff. I give check rides all the time, <laughs> which is funny when we were saying that about check ride nerves and stuff. That's most of what I'm doing now at work. I do initials and recurrence and uh, I've been there seven years. So after I went offshore, I went there. I missed the teaching aspect and the people aspect, I think, of flight training. So that was a, a good option. And I see behind you, there's a picture of a little girl. Yeah, that's my little girl. I should have my little boy too. <laughs> okay, so you have two kids. Did you I, did you have them while you were actively flying? How did that work out? No, actually, I um, ended up starting at flight safety when I was pregnant with my son, which worked out really well. I think flying offshore with uh, being pregnant, flying offshore would have been pretty crazy, especially like when your babies are in the newborn stage to have to leave them for a week. And I just, I, I, I don't know. So how old are they now? They're seven and four. Wow. And so have you been flying during COVID? Our company has been a pretty steady. I mean, we have a lot of clients from the U.S. that have been able to still come, but definitely slower than normal because all of our international training has either slowed down or almost stopped. Okay. And what's your support network for the kids? Oh, they're both in school. So, and our schedule's kind of all over the place. So we're just make it work. (laughs) (laughs) I know how that feels. Trust me. And so in your spare time, you write books. And tell me about the books that you've written and published. Well, I've written five books. Just one novel, though. The novel probably is the most like writing, the one I'm kind of the most like proud of. It's the biggest like piece of your heart and soul been with you the longest kind of thing. (laughs) But all of them are were good for a reason. You know, they all came. Have you I don't know if you've read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I just reread it a couple of months ago. I absolutely love that book. It's a great resource for writers, I think. And it really, for me, it was spot on on how the books kind of find you. You know, um, my first book was called, Do You Know How Much Your Mama Loves You? And I was reading this really sweet book to my little boy when he was two or three years old. And it was about how big a mother's love is, but it was completely written for adults. So I'm sitting there crying, you know, like thinking this is so sweet. And he's looking at me like, you love me like a dandelion? Like, what are you talking about? You know? So (laughs) I was like, okay, this is, you know, and a lot of what we do at work too at Flight Safety is making sure the message is received. So because so much of our instruction with that in flight training, everything is like, you can get immediate feedback if people hear and understand you. I think a lot of that translated into the stuff I was reading with my son because I was like, this is not crossing the threshold. (laughs) Like this is selling because moms like it, but it's not letting kids know how big and how much they're loved, you know? So I wrote this really simple, sweet book in a child's language. That's just direct and how they would talk, you know, how they, how it would make sense to them. And that book, honestly, like when people tell me like my four-year-old sleeps with it, she asks for it every night. Like it's, it's been the most rewarding, just how deeply it touches the kids. Like it's really getting across to them. And then my second book, my son is like this really curious 
like physics, interested in engineering stuff. And we couldn't find, there was a ton of STEM resources for like kindergarten and first grade, but there was nothing for two and three-year-olds. So I'd mentioned earlier going to college, I went to University of Missouri Rolla, which is like an engineering school. And I switched my major, which was uh, whatever. That's a whole nother story too. But all my friends are engineers and they all had toddlers. And so I called them and I was like, what are you teaching your kids? What's important? What are the important like fundamental principles of this? And how are you teaching these two and three-year-olds? And so that's the second book I put together. It's called Mama, Do You Know? It's like 12 different chapters of things, important principles like that, like CG, but explained again in a way kind of where kids can, you know, understand it. A lot of what we do at Flight Safety is adult learning, like understanding that people need to kind of figure it out on their own if they're really going to own it and take it in. And I did a lot of that with my kids, which was really fun. It seems like adults always think that kids need to be taught and told what to do. And I just, in a lot of reasons, I feel like the planet's energy is kind of shifting to higher vibrations. I'm into all that kind of stuff. But with that happening, I feel like there's a lot of kids that are coming here with a lot of wisdom in their own hearts and souls. And instead of us always telling them what to do, it's better to kind of give them resources to listen to and support that intuition. So that's kind of what my third book was for. It was called Mom, I Know Just What to Do. And it's scenarios set up that just kind of open a discussion about what they think, you know, give them kind of a tough situation. A lot of times we're in the heat of the moment too, right? So like you're at the park and your kids are fighting over a toy. It's really hard to sit down and explain all the aspects of that situation and everything they could think about. Same thing if like someone calls them a name or people are leaving them out, you know, just kind of laying out some of those scenarios where you ask the kids, like, what would you do? What would you think about this? That kind of stuff. So that one's kind of fun. The fourth book I wrote in two hours. So this was, <laughs> and, uh, and this was, exactly you know in big magic where she talks about an idea runs by you so fast you almost I swear I caught it by the tail and like roped it back into the pages and it was done really quickly it's called the greatest story ever told and it's kind of just dragging a story out of someone so both of my children my seven-year-old and my four-year-old have both published and illustrated books too my seven-year-old's first book he wrote when he was three he literally glued popsicle sticks on the cover made up the whole story word for word, made up illustrations to go along with it. And I threw it on Amazon thinking my mom would buy it and whatever. That book sells <laughs> like crazy. It's incredible. Are you serious? That's I'm so like, funny. All my kids have written books, but I never thought to like publish them for them. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. You, it's, it's been a great lesson too about advertising. Like he had a book signing. Um, you know, even if you're the only one who buys it, they're proud to see their book. It's, their schools have been really supportive and like, have an author reading with the kids. It's been really cute. So um, that's so cool. My son is right now, he's writing Star Wars fan fiction. He'd be really excited if we published some of his work. That's so fun. So how did you get to this book? Tell me about this book because it's so creative. I want to hear about it. When I, when I initially started uh, writing these other books, I knew a novel was coming. Like I thought of myself as a writer and I was writing these children's books, but they're you know, you can type them in two hours. Like they're not, 
not like a novel that you're actually writing all the time. And in a lot of ways, I think some of the stuff from Willow James came from all the way in my childhood. I remember some of the things I would imagine about or think about even like the entire universe being in the sidewalk crack of another universe and then expanding onward, those kind of things. I remember thinking about all that stuff when I was little. So what's the premise of the book? And tell me a little bit more about the main character. Oh, um, Willow. She feels like kind of left out in her family. Nothing's really wrong, but nothing's really right, you know? And I think she just feels like there must be something more to life. Like everything's just kind of face value and um, boring. And then one day she stubs her toe in the sidewalk crack and watches her boot kind of swirl. And she realizes uh, that transports her actually. She looks at it and gets scared and says, you know, I can either be scared and do this or be scared and not. And she jumps and it transports her to this whole other world, Uai, which is actually the uh, Hawaiian word for beautiful. But I think it means like kind of beautiful wisdom. So kind of underneath all that, obviously there's, you know, she's on this introduced to this other world. And there's, it's fun. There's mermaids. They learn to kite surf. She realizes that the queen's crown is missing, which is what a lot of what gives that world. It's like power and kind of keeps everything in alignment. So the kids are, you know, the parents are looking for it. The kids decide on their own that they want, they think the parents don't know what they're doing and they're going to go after it. And she can either come or not come. And they understand if she doesn't want to, there's some like laws of physics that are applicable in different ways in the different universes and things like that. But ultimately she decides to go. And then it's kind of one of those, like, find out what you're made of, sort of, you know, see what's inside. That's where the answers lie. I'm so excited about that story. It's so creative. I cannot wait to read it. And what, um, I mean, I feel like it has a lot of application for STEM and, you know, for (laughs) teachers to consider using in the classroom. How fun. Mm -hmm. A lot of potential. So what are you going to write next? Um, It's the sequel to uh, Willow James. It's called Willow James and the Key to Now Ao, which is another Hawaiian word. UI means beauty. Now Ao is that power inside of all of us. Are you from Hawaii? Where are all no, these Hawaiian influences I, coming in? I lived in San Diego and I love surfing. And I just have been like, whatever the Hawaii, like when I'm writing these books, I have Hawaii dreams. I should, I would love to um, go there. I've never been there, but it just has creeped into this book for some reason <laughs> and set up camp. So that's so cool. And I, I heard you say earlier that Willow does some kite surfing. I, I'm a kite boarder. I love doing that. So anyway, it's all just so creative and so exciting. I can't wait to read it. This has been so fun. Thank you so much, Sarah. No, thank you so much for having me. I think I really think it's cool what you're doing, promoting other women who are writing and doing aviation. It's kind of a unique niche. So I just think that's really cool. I've I've looked at all your work with your podcast and um, the writing club and the reading club. And I just I just think that's really awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. Book reviews help sell books. Be sure to review the books you read at the Aviatrix Book Review website and wherever you buy your books. Yay!